Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. God has caused us to be known by His name. When we have entered into that new covenant, we have become by Him a new creation, and we are known as a new people, a people of the kingdom, a people that He has placed His Spirit within, and He has promised never to withdraw that Spirit, never to leave us nor forsake us, and to work in our life to begin and to complete His work in our life that we might be, in the end, His pleasing people. But now, in this time, we need to realize that God expects us to be sensitive to the things that are displeasing to Him. And the Torah, although the Torah is not an instrument of salvation, the Torah reveals how saved people should live and how we should think, knowing the expectations of God and applying those expectations to our lives, that we think correctly so that we behave correctly and that we are ambassadors of that kingdom. Well, with that said, take out your Bibles and look with me to the book of Leviticus, Sefer Vayikra, the book of Leviticus, and chapter 5. We're going to go through this chapter, and let me say before we begin that uh, most Bibles, most Bibles that are written for the believer, they have 19 verses in this fifth chapter. But when we look at the Hebrew Bible, we find that there are 26 verses. And what we're going to do in this study is to look at the entire chapter from the position of the Septuagint because most Bibles that are not in Hebrew follow the Septuagint accounting. And that's what we'll do. So we will go through and based upon most of your Bibles, we will complete chapter 5. But in the Hebrew, we'll complete chapter 5 next week and move into chapter 6. So with that said, let's begin. Again, we're talking about offerings. And here we're talking about offerings in regard to sin, acknowledging that we are guilty. And let me say before we do anything else tonight that this is foundational, that we agree with the standards of God We'll see a verse that speaks to that. And let me share with you that nothing good is going to happen in your life spiritually until you affirm, that is, you agree with the standards of God. We are not free to set our own standards and believe that we are the people of God. God's people agree with Him in regard to His standards of morality and justice, those things that are spiritual, ceremonial, completely. 
we do not see although christianity tends to think this way we do not see this in the bible that there's a separation between the ceremonial laws and the moral laws in the scripture we find one torah it is a unit and if you remove anything from it it ceases to be the torah that's why yaakov that is james said if you keep all the commandments and stumble in one point you're guilty of all the torah is a unit of ceremonial commandments commandments that relate to justice and commandments that relate to a moral code all of this is the law of god well look with me as i said to this fifth chapter and we're going to see that what's unique here is that depending upon one's financial ability in this case we're going to see that that god allows for those people who cannot afford what is commanded to offer up something that is less costly not because sin is dealt with differently but because god understands that not all people have the same financial means that they are able to to provide therefore he changes that based upon the situation of the people this is also an application of god's grace that he offers to us let's begin chapter 5 the book of leviticus where it says ve nefesh now we've come across this term before nefesh is soul it can be understood every soul is an individual so we don't believe as judaism teaches in the the soul returning and one time that soul enters into a body and this person is called shimon and then uh, uh, generations later that same soul repeats it's kind of recycled and now this person is called reuven we don't believe in the returning of souls every soul is an individual this is something that's very very different in judaism and uh, relates to a type of reincarnation that the scripture does not speak to at all it is false and this is one of the reasons i say that although i'm jewish and i revere the word of god but that does not mean that i accept what judaism embraces whether it be the talmud i believe that you can find some interesting things in the talmud that gives us understanding helps us in discerning the meaning of words different cultural uh uh, nuances that can be brought out from what's written in the mishnah or the gemara which is the talmud but but we need to see that that there's a great portion of the rabbinical writings and writings of the sages which are in conflict with the scripture one of the things that i like to do is to take people to a place called bet shari and there judaism was in a conflict between those led by yehuda hanasi the the prince of the sanhedrin name of name by by judah his name was judah and he wanted to see judaism uh, assimilate and embrace many of the things of other religions things that are in conflict with the scripture unfortunately 
his position won out and judaism embraced such things which are not part and not acceptable to those who are god-fearing based upon the instructions of the scripture so we need to remember that leviticus chapter 5 and a soul that should sin and hears the voice of what here's the voice of an oath so one hears something but this one sins in what well notice what it says he's a witness that he has seen something or knows something but if he does not testify so here's the problem this one is a witness someone has has taken an oath he's either seen what's happened or he's heard what happens but he does not bear truth he does not say what he has saw or what he has heard or what he has known and therefore this one it says he will bear his own iniquity so in this case he's guilty and he's going to suffer the consequences but notice what it says in verse 2 or the soul that individual which it says here this one touches something that is unclean or and now we're dealing with a a carcass of an animal that is unclean or the carcass of a a domesticated animal that would be one that is an animal but also this one is unclean or the carcass of creeping things things that creep that are unclean and what happens well neilam menmenu he's guilty he's touched these things he has become ritually unclean but this was forgotten this this fact of what he did he forgot it the hebrew term is neilam mimenu it it uh became forgotten by him the word literally means that it became invisible it's an idiom in hebrew simply means that this was forgotten by him and he because of that he is unclean and this one is guilty so just because he forgets it does not mean that that just ignoring it puts him in a better position that god just just also forgets about it what should be done well look at verse three or that he will touch something that is unclean of a man so some type of uncleansiness that that happens in a human way uh, to all of his impurity which he will impure be impure by it so it's a large variety of things that can render someone impure we call that tame he is impure he has defiled himself and if this once again ve neilam if this fact that he has done this has been forgotten this has has gone up from his mind he does not remember but he knows it now 
he is guilty so again whether he forgot it or he remembered it in the end he's guilty and all of this is laying the foundation for the need to do something as we've said before you cannot ignore sin whether it's some sinful act as stealing something or some other type of moral failure uh, or whether it's something ceremonial ceremonial something that has to do with a ritualistic practice you didn't do anything immoral but you touch something that you you ought not touch that which is impure and you ignore it whether you have forgotten about it or it's willful you're still unclean until it's dealt with look if you would to verse 4 another example or the soul that individual that that will make an oath he expresses it with his lips whether it's an oath to do something that is bad or to do something that is good now an oath we ought to keep so regardless of what it is we're obligated to keep it now obviously if it's something bad we ought not do it we should confess that is sin i have not said that i'm breaking my oath because i recognize that this oath to do that which is wrong evil outside of god's will ought not be done so you think well i didn't carry it out but you made an oath and therefore you need to deal not just with the fact that you didn't carry it out in the sense that's good but you said something and you didn't carry it out that's bad and therefore you need to deal with that i want to say that and make sure that we're all in agreement obviously if you pledge an oath to do something good you should carry it out if you don't well you need to deal with the fact that you said one thing but you didn't carry it out you didn't do it likewise if you did something or you said you were going to do something you took an oath i'm going to do this and it's not the right thing to do obviously we don't want to do what is wrong but we need to deal with the fact that we made an oath and we didn't keep it if it's evil it's good that we didn't keep it but we have to also deal with the fact that we made an oath we didn't do it and therefore there is a a dealing with the fact that it's a broken oath that's what we're talking about in this verse so this one expresses whatever it might be it says this man expresses it with an oath but now whether it's a good thing or a bad thing it says once again he forgets that this thing is is just dislodged from his mind and he doesn't do it but when he knows it when it becomes known to him it says he is guilty of of one of these things so we've given a lot of examples of things that people can do whether it's an oath whether it's uh not testifying as you should testify or whether it's touching something that makes you unclean regardless of these things they are sinful they are wrong and we must recognize that and deal with it verse 5 how do we deal with it well look at this verse and it shall come about that that this one will be guilty and the word here that we come across 
is basically the word Hashem, guilty. So I realize that some Bibles translate it differently, but this is the simple meaning. Look again at verse 5. And it shall come about that he will be guilty of one of these things. What's the first thing that he does? The process begins with him confessing what he has sinned. So he confesses it in a oral way meaning i am guilty i have done that which is wrong now what's important is this this is the beginning step of repentance you first must acknowledge what is done is wrong it is sinful it's a transgression and this is something that's that's being ignored today we are receiving information people oftentimes send us uh, articles something that they read in the paper and i received something and i did some research on it and that is that there are are one very important uh, denomination the church of england that is embracing same-sex marriage and what we need to realize is this is in violation of god's moral standards a true believer must agree repentance begins with us acknowledging agreeing with the standards of god if we don't then we can't make that next step of finding forgiveness if something is sinful and the bible clearly reveals that and you know it and you reject and say well i don't care what the bible says I don't accept that that person is not a candidate for salvation because he hasn't confessed his sin he doesn't think it's sinful and therefore it's a violation of what we see here he shall confess what he has sinned concerning it that that sin and not only confess it but there's another thing look at verse six and he shall bring his guilt offering to the lord concerning his sin which he has sinned and this offering it's going to be a female female from the flock whether it is a a sheep or whether it is a goat either one of these are appropriate for a sin offering and when he acknowledges that confessing his sin so important this agreement with the standards of god then he can go through the next process of offering this sacrifice in order that notice how verse 6 ends and the priest shall make atonement concerning him from his sin so if we don't acknowledge it if we're not agreeing with god there's no atonement and in in regard to messiah there's no redemption you will not be born again you will not become that new creation that kingdom creation if you do not agree with the standards of god so important that we see this now there's a teacher and i respect him greatly he has has preached faithfully the word of god for for uh 60 years if not more and and he heard i heard him say answer a question concerning homosexuality and he says well if if the person is a believer 
then that person will be in the kingdom of god well i would just answer it a little bit differently and say not if that person's a believer but we need to realize what it means to be a believer so in this specific sin and this is true for adultery it's true for anything if you do not confess your sin and say i'm guilty then then how are you going to find forgiveness forgiveness begins with confession and confession is based upon agreeing with god's standards so it's true if if someone is struggling with homosexuality god loves that person god wants to bring victory into that person's life god wants to forgive that person and so if the person says something along these lines i agree that that homosexuality or lesbianism is wrong but but this is a weakness i'm struggling and god i want you to work in my life i want forgiveness from that and i want you to work in my life to give me victory deliverance over that and if that person accepts the gospel acknowledging these things he will be saved same thing for someone who is an adulterer if that person says well i don't care what the bible says about adultery but but i believe in him no you don't and that person who is an unrepentant adulterer that person cannot be saved if that person will not agree that adultery is wrong so there's a consistency in in what the scripture demands we must confess and acknowledge our sins and then god is faithful and true to forgive us of all of our iniquity transgression sin all the things that are unrighteous in our life but we have to agree with the standards of god and that's why it says and this one will confess whatever sin that he has committed and what else will he do verse six again and he will bring his guilt offering to the lord he needs to acknowledge he's guilty concerning his sin which he has sinned and this uh, offering is a female from the flock it can be from the sheep or from the goat this is his sin offering and the priest will make atonement concerning him from his sin verse 7 verse 7 says but if it is not within his hand if his hand cannot touch sufficiently meaning he does not have the ability to to purchase a say a say is a a sheep and in this case one from the flock then he shall bring his guilt offering which he has sinned what shall he bring well if he can't afford one from the flock he could bring two turtle doves or two pigeons to the lord and one is going to be for a sin offering and the one and one is going to be for a burnt offering so in this case he cannot afford he does not have the ability to to pay for a goat or a sheep therefore based upon his financial circumstances he is able to to offer up either two turtle doves or two pigeons as it says here one will be for a sin offering the other for a burnt offering look if you would now to verse 8 
and he shall bring them to the priests, and he will offer for the sin offering first. So one of those turtle doves or one of those pigeons are going to be offered up first for the sin offering, and he's going to wring its head at its neck, but not make a, a distinction. So not divided in its entirely. From that, he is going to, to sprinkle from the blood of the sin offering upon the wall or the side of the altar. And the blood that remains is going to be uh, drained out upon the foundation of the altar. It says, this is the sin offering. And then, he says not only a sin offering, but also a burnt offering. That's what we're going to deal with in verse 10. And the second, meaning the second turtle dove or the second pigeon, he will make for a burnt offering according to the the judgment. Meaning this, according to the laws of the burnt offering that we studied early on in the book of Leviticus, he does this according to its rules. It says, ke mishpat, according to its judgment. But it just means according to the rules of the burnt offerings and the priests will make atonement concerning him from his sin which he has sinned and it will be forgiven him so notice he's in the state of guiltiness until he confesses his sin and something must be provided for atonement and here we're talking about the blood of a goat or a sheep or the blood of either pigeons or turtle doves. But notice what happens later on. Look at verse 11. But if his hand could not uh, take hold of two turtle doves or two pigeons, meaning he can't afford that. That's the idiom when it says his hand can't touch. He doesn't have the ability to buy this. What shall he do? He shall bring his offering, which he has sinned. So he brings his offering for that sin, and it's going to be a tenth part of an aphah of fine ground-up flour. This shall be for his sin offering. And he shall not put upon it any oil, and he shall not set upon it any frankincense. Why? for this is a sin offering so there's not going to be anything that is a a uh, uh, pleasant aroma to it it's simply going to be for a sin offering taking care of what a sin offering is about verse 12 and he shall bring it to the priests and the priest does something it says the priests shall scoop up three fingerfuls so into the the grain this is what he's going to offer up the priest shall scoop up a a handful uh for a remembrance and he shall do what he shall um burn it upon the altar concerning a fire offering to the lord and this fire offering relates to judgment judgment of sin 
and therefore this is his sin offering so he takes this fine flour he he deals with that and makes this an offering a fire offering to the lord upon the altar and therefore it says here look at verse 13 and the priest shall atone concerning him concerning his sin which he has sinned uh, from one of these violations that we've mentioned and he shall be forgiven and the the grain offering remember he's offering up this finely ground up flour this grain offering shall be to the priests verse 14. now in this case we're talking more about this offering for guilt and the thing that is being emphasized here is this that when we have done that which is wrong whether it's ceremonial whether it's it's in regard to some justice thing or moral thing whatever it might be we can be guilty and we need to acknowledge our guilt and we need to deal with our guiltiness not ignoring it that's why conviction is so important and if we read all of god's word there's many verses that will bring conviction to the hearer of god's word but if we only want to deal with the scriptures that encouraging that that uh makes us feel good about ourselves we are not embracing the faith of the apostles it's just that simple verse 14 and the lord spoke to moses saying nephesh again a soul an individual that and we have a different word here we have a word for that which is acting in a rebellious manner that which willfully willfully is rebelling now he may not know that that what he's doing is rebellious but he is moving against with a commitment a commitment to do something a commitment to to ignore something and we'll see the context in a moment but this one has kind of a rebellious spirit within and he sins but notice he he is willfully rebellious but what he does is by bishkaga so it's almost like something that is contradictive but here's the problem what's being emphasized here is that he has a rebellious spirit maybe what he does he does not intentionally do for sin but it's that rebellious spirit that causes it so he is not doing a sin with intent but it's his condition inwardly his spiritual condition that that leads him into it now there's many times that we are are not thinking as we should we're not uh walking with god we are doing things we ought not to do at least mentally and what happens well this puts us in a position where where the enemy can move us and we find ourselves doing something that we never really wanted to do we didn't set out for that but it's that rebellious spirit that brings it about so having a rebellious spirit can bring about an unintentional sin this is what it's speaking about here so he does so he he does a sin unintentional in regard to one of the holy things 
of Lord, meaning he does something wrong in the tabernacle service. So it's that wrong mind frame, this rebelliousness within him that that causes him to do something again ceremonially incorrect. It may not be something immoral. It may not be something unethical, but it's wrong against the standards and the practices in the tabernacle, something relating to the ritualistic application of our faith, the faith that, that Moses gave the people, what they should do. One unintentionally transgress one of these statutes within the tabernacle. What shall he do? He shall bring his guilt offering unto the Lord. And here, such a one, because it is something that is done in the midst of worship or in something that is ceremonially related to God. And because he did that with that rebellious uh, spirit, a spirit that was not uh, a heart that's been established, because of that, notice what he does. He brings his guilt offering which is a ram a ram that is without spot a blameless one from the flock according to its worth meaning your worth whatever whatever you are able to pay you bring that ram and you do so you do so in regard to the severity of that act this is what it means here when it says be erkecha you shall shall bring it according to your your ability and then it says the the shekel of silver the holy shekel meaning the the shekel that was used in the temple uh, for a guilt offering so you bring the ram and according to the worth in regard to the shekel now some have said that that you even bring to it with the ram this this financial contribution in the the holy shekel verse 16 which is the sin for the sin that you have committed against the holy thing and you shall pay you shall pay with it with that ram and with that silver you should add a fifth portion 20 percent add to it and give it to the priests and the priest shall make atonement concerning him concerning that that sin and it says with the the ram of the guilt offering and then this one will be forgiven so here we see something that's that's a little bit unique when you commit an unintentional sin in regard to some religious practice a biblical religious practice therefore you are aware that you're guilty you bring a ram but you also bring a payment and that payment is in a holy shekel according to the measurement of the holy shekel the worth and you add 20 percent onto it in order to make that transgression to make that that atonement for for one sin and then it says keep reading verse verse 17 and if the nephesh if that soul that individual 
that that you have sinned against he's done some sin against all of the commandments of the lord which ought not to be done so again like we saw last week this has to do with one of the commandments that you shall not do if one has sinned against one of these commandments you ought not do and he does not know it he's still guilty and he will bear his own transgression meaning god will punish him for it but but the one that remembers this that he knows that he's guilty he will bring a ram this same type of spotless this blameless ram from the flock according to your value i believe that means your ability to pay for this guilt offering to the priest and the priest will make atonement concerning him concerning his unintentional sin which he has aired what he has done unintentionally this type of sin and he does not know meaning this there are times when one for the sake of and a good example of this is job job would offer up a offering for his children in case they may have done something which is wrong he didn't know that but nevertheless he gave and he gave uh, uh, generously to god in this case so likewise an individual can say well maybe i've done something i'm not sure i haven't been convicted of it but nevertheless i i want to offer up this type of offering so if he does not know he brings this he's unsure he brings this offering and it says it will be forgiven to him he will find forgiveness verse 19 our last verse it says here this is the guilt offering for the one who is guilty this is what he brings unto the lord and again it simply reminds us that we need to be spiritually sensitive for god to convict us and here's one application in the last part of what we've studied sometimes you may just simply feel spiritually something's not right in my life i may have committed a sin and i don't remember that or i don't have knowledge of that but i have conviction and therefore i'm going to act upon that god you can say it this way god i feel guilty i don't know the peace i i'm not experiencing that intimacy with you that that closeness that unity and therefore i want to confess any sin that i may be guilty of that that i don't have knowledge of right now and i want to put it under the blood of messiah and you may want to make an offering unto the lord you may send it to some worthy organization you may be a blessing to some individual that you know has a financial need or some other type of need and you meet that need you bless them in the name of the lord this is how we see the holy spirit working today in a believer because we have no temple there's no practicing priesthood in an official way and therefore don't let that be an excuse saying well because there's no temple there's no priesthood i just won't do anything that's not how the spirit of god leads a believer 
No, you're going to want to bless someone else. Make an offering in, in, in the name of the Lord to someone else in order that they might be blessed. Look for opportunities for God to move you to be a blessing to others. And I can assure you that, that God won't take him very long until God shows you a need, someone that is hurting, and again, maybe that is just visiting someone that, that you know that's lonely, giving them an hour each week, going, having a cup of tea, cup of coffee, something with them, taking them out to lunch, uh, uh, going for a walk with them, whatever it might be that you can be a friend to that person. And we know that a believer can even be closer to a brother than a brother and a sister. So be that type of individual. This is how we take the Torah and apply it to our life, being led by the Spirit. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.